How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, freedom, flow, agorism, anarchy, and more. We'll discuss how to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. This is Mike the Polymath coming from the Easy Peasy Workshop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining me. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 115 of the Easy Peasy Podcast. You know, I felt as though I had some unfinished thoughts after the last episode, but it's difficult. You know, I've been, I've been on many, many different trains of thought. And I think that's part of why I've had a difficult time recording episodes because it's almost like I'm thinking about too many things. This is a problem for me. You know, in general, over overthinking is a problem. And I'm just as guilty as the next guy. You know, I overthink. But I'm starting to piece it apart. And I think, I think that's helpful. And, you know, it's funny. I've, I've, I've been paying attention, right? Or at least trying to, I've been trying to pay attention to just what in the fuck is going on. And it's a lot. It's a lot to keep track of. It's even more to make sense of and and more yet it's difficult to articulate. It's difficult to quantify, it's difficult to summarize. But as usual, I I fall back on my education and I I'm trying to put things in terms that I can understand, right? And today I might I might have had just a minor breakthrough. 
and I hope I can explain, but bear with me, right? In fact, give me a second. I need to get more water. You know, doing these podcasts, I, I don't often drink enough water. You would be surprised how parched I get. But give me a minute to take care of myself. Okay? But I think I have a way of explaining all of this that makes a certain amount of sense. I'll be right back. Well, as usual, folks, I have a, I've got a good idea where I'm going, but I'm not totally sure how I'm getting there. So bear with me, right? But I think, I think we are living in very interesting times. And that's not an original idea, but I think it's true. You know, as I said yesterday in my episode, I, I think there's a lot of truisms, a lot of universal truths in Thelma and Louise, the movie, right? And I'm very interested in truths. And truisms, you know, things that are universally true, wisdoms, right? Proverbs, things that we can live by, mottos, right? And I was at the pub. Talking to my friend Jiminy. (laughs) Not Jiminy. That's funny though. It's funny. That's a funny stammer. Because Jimmy is almost like Jiminy Cricket. Jimmy and I talk about the big stuff. And I won't say that Jim me is my guiding, you know, cricket. That would be absurd. But Jimmy and I have a way of cracking into conversations that are for no other purpose than but for conversation's sake and for fleshing things out. Because he and I see things similarly, but we use different words. And... I've dropped little nuggets of anarchism on Jimmy before, but tonight we really got into it, right? We were talking about, you know, he brought up the fact that uh, they weren't able to elect a speaker of the house, right? And I... (laughs) I expressed how little I give a fuck, right? But if anything, I think it's great that nothing is getting done, right? 
It's like if the Speaker of the House doesn't get elected, nobody can be confirmed. I'm like, hmm, cool. <laughs> I'm like, that's fine. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what they're doing in Washington, right? But nonetheless, we keep talking. You know, Jimmy's cool, man. Jimmy's cool. I keep telling him, you know, to be clear, this is not the Jimmy I'm working with. Mentioned a couple episodes ago. This is Jimmy at the bar. And, you know, he mentions, like, how his, you know, his friend said something about it's just too far gone and it can't be reined in. But Jimmy says, I think it it can be reined in. We can fix this. And I'm like, well, I don't think it can be reined in, Jimmy. I think it can be fixed by being let go. You know, we got we got deep in the weeds. You know, I'm basically arguing all of a sudden I'm telling him like you know, from my point of view, the problem is democracy. The problem is 51% telling the other 49% what's going to happen and how they're going to live and what they're going to pay. Right? I start I argue that if anything, I'm starting to become a believer in consensus. And he's kind of taken aback, right? I tell him, you know, Quakers, nothing is done in a Quaker church without unanimous consensus, right? There's, I guess, two different types of consensus. There's popular consensus and unanimous consensus. And... The Quakers operate on unanimous consensus. If everyone agrees, then they will proceed. Another way of saying this would be voluntarism. Another way yet would be anarchism. I will not take from you anything you have not offered if you do the same. Do not take people's stuff and do not hurt them. If you create no victims, you have done no wrong. There's lots of ways of saying this, right? makes me think of there's there's a lot of overlapping terms okay part of the the trouble for me in expressing my thoughts is that i feel like there's redundant terminology and i have a hard time picking out the words but hear me out right i'm sitting there at the bar talking with jimmy 
kind of dropping some anarchist philosophy about consensus, right? And I'm saying, I'm saying if a government cannot come to a conclusion via consensus, you know, in other words, unanimous consent, then I don't think it's legitimate. So let's say, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm looking at Jimmy. He's a smart dude. He's a lawyer. I've talked about him before. He actually works for the state, but he's very libertarian, anarcho-curious, <laughs> right? But I say, for argument's sake, if no government without unanimous consensus is, is you know, legitimate, then that would mean that government would be limited to a pretty small scale, right? How many people can you get to give complete consent for any given thing? You know, I think the, the limit of government governance should be pretty small. 20 to 100 people, right? If you can't talk everyone into it, then it's not going to pass. And, you know, we, we, we tease this idea out because Jimmy's a good skeptic. And he says, well, how would anything get done? And I said, exactly. I said, very little would get done unless it's for everyone's common interest. Right? I said, if it's not our, our mutual self-interest if we both benefit then it would be very easy to get you know to get consent <clears throat> but if it's not then it's good that one out of a hundred can stop it because too often the 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 consent of the majority outweighs the objections of the minority, right? Democracy dictates that majority rules. And so for teasing out this logic, this, this thought exercise of if we went with a society that was based on un unanimous consent then the scope of government would be limited to the size of the community the village there would be no state or national or federal government there would be, at most, county government. You know, maybe if we can really learn to cooperate, we could, we could organize up to the state and federal level, right? I'm not against a federation of sorts. I'm against a federal income tax. I'm against... People in Washington dictating how my 
business, my life will go, right? I'm against them taking my money and, you know, fuck that. I haven't paid that much in taxes, but I'm against them selling my grandchildren's future in the form of national debt. And I'm against them, you know, theoretically taking my tax dollars and spending it bombing people halfway around the world, right? You know, on the last episode, I talked about the brainwashing of America and people have accepted our flaws, which are great and many. You know, our previous generation or three or five have failed us. You know, this this continent was founded in an ugly way, full of blood, but it was founded on the the idea of personal ownership, self-ownership. It took us a while to recognize that for everyone, but just that seed of an idea that we're all sovereign is so powerful. And I think about this, right? And I'm talking with Jimmy and all of a sudden this, this concept that I keep coming back to. It's been brought up on the show before. But the three types of relationships in ecology. The only three types. Predation. Parasitism and mutualism. Right? Predator, prey, parasite, host. And then the third is the most magical, maybe the one that is progressive. And I don't mean that in. in the political sense, but hear me out. You know, in terms of predator prey, you know, I got into this with Jimmy. I brought this up because I was teasing out a thought and I hope I can tease it out a second time, but I brought up these three relationships because I think this is a universal truth. I think this is a truism. There are only three types of relationships, right? And in terms of government, you know, just just hear me out, I guess, okay? <clears throat> With predation, I believe this is war. This is people using force to take what is someone else's, right? Another people's land or resources. (coughs) Excuse me. 
But then you have parasitism. And I believe this is governments on their own people via taxation and law enforcement, right? Parasite host. You're the host. The government is the parasite. It lives on your energy, your productive capacity, and that of your offspring and theirs. It's a parasite. It's sucking our life force. And I know it's made up of people in specific roles, but it's become an entity of its own, right? It uses people to its end, but it's its own machine. Actually, I I hate to use the metaphor of machine because I think biology provides most of the most of the metaphors and definitions we need, but it is a parasite on the individual and on the community at large, right? So what is mutualism? You know, mutualism is business. Mutualism is you have something I want, I have something you want, we both see a benefit, we both win. And this is so much more common in nature than people would realize. We think of nature as survival of the fittest, you know, tooth and claw, fucking predator prey parasite host. But there are so many more examples that are just more subtle and harder to see that fall under the category of mutualism. And that is what we should model society after. You know, Jimmy was having a hard time following me when I, you know, when I, he, he kept saying, he's like, you know, I follow you conceptually, like logically, like if A, then B, if B, then C, right? You know, if government is the problem, then Anarchism is the solution, right? It's a it's a leap for him. And I get that because it was for me too. It took a while. But I told him, I said, you know, I just don't think it's as complicated as they want us to think. I said, I believe in self-organization. I believe that you know the economy is nothing more than an, than than the human ecology and that was just a way of trying to cross a bridge with him because that you, you know that doesn't even make sense but ecology holds all the truth right a squirrel I, you know i said at one point a squirrel has no president no governor no senator I don't know why I always go to a squirrel. I guess I just connect with them. But 
my point was nature has no ruler. Nature is just what it is. And I think a majority of it is mutualistic. Some of it is predatory. Some of it is parasitic. But ideally, all of it is in balance, right? You know, and, and Jimmy was having a hard time just conceptualizing what an anarchistic society might look like. And we kind of got to the point where it's like, well, I, I, I think it would just be decentralized, right? It would be independent, autonomous communities that cooperate amongst other communities in their area via trade and socialization. He's like, well, but what happens when, you know, one community has resources and the other one doesn't? I said, well, I don't know. It depends, right? He's like, won't they just raid and pillage? I said, well, that's why I think everyone should have guns. That's why I think the militia should exist. I think this is what this this was the America that was envisioned. Independent autonomous landowners in independent autonomous communities in a loosely connected federation of independent autonomous states, right? That was what the United States was supposed to be. But when you give an inch, they take a mile. There should have never been a federal government beyond a very, very small scope of organizing, of organizational, you know, logistical kind of diplomats instead we have bureaucrats that dictate what you're in my life will be from on high a thousand miles away or more so you know jimmy's just thinking he says you know won't there be battles and wars and 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 conflict. I said, of course there'll be conflict, but self-interest prevails. You know, people will think twice about raiding your village if they know you have a militia. And frankly, it doesn't do anybody a lot of good to start killing each other if if we can do business instead. And I get Jimmy's point of view but I said I I said to him at one point I said the tricky part about anarchism is it's putting a lot of faith in our our self interest it's putting a lot of faith in in things just being what they will be Instead of implementing our will on others, we're, we're allowing them to make their choices too. If I, can my, if I can make mine, right? I hope this is making sense, guys. But I, 
you know, I had just as much difficulty explaining to Jimmy what I'm trying to explain to you now. But he was listening, and I hope you are too. You know, this faith in the self-organization of the community at large, of the system at large, of nature, of our nature, human nature, kind of allowing us to organize ourselves without all these unnecessary burdens and restrictions, right? The community can police itself, can govern itself without bureaucrats through consensus. And on the drive home, okay, I don't know if I'll explain it any better than that, so I'll transition, but on the drive home, I'm thinking about all of this, right? I'm thinking about mutualism, parasitism, and predation. And my conversation with Jimmy. And all of a sudden, these three words that are similar but different start rolling in my head. War, peace, and progress. You know, these, these three words, they kind of seem to have some overlap, right? With parasitism, mutualism, and parasitism. And then I think about this, this song by Marvin Gaye. Taxes, death, and trouble. And he sings, there's only three things for sure. Taxes, death, and trouble. Oh, this I know. You know, forgive me. But I'm thinking about taxes, death, and trouble. War, peace, and progress. Fucking parasitism predation and mutualism and I think they all line up and it's interesting in my mind to think about how they line up the ones that are synonymous you would not necessarily guess without at least a little bit of a little bit of thought so I broke it down right and we have Peace, war, progress. I think war. You know, it might be obvious that that's predation, right? In nature, the predator takes everything from the prey. Same with war. The conqueror takes everything from the conquered. And that's death. Right? And then, you know, when you think about peace, you might think that's mutualism, but it's not. Peace is taxes and parasitism, right? It's government keeping the peace, it's safety at a cost. 
It's the predator living, or I'm sorry, it's the it's the parasite living on the host without killing it so that it can spread far and wide and infect other hosts. So then what is progress? Progress is trouble and mutualism. I can mix these around, but I I think it makes sense, right? Mutualism, when we're looking through the eyes of ecology, that sounds so happy-go-lucky, carefree, you know, kumbaya. But the truth is, it's trouble. It's business. It's it's capitalism. It's fucking compromise. It's consensus. That's mutualism. That's that's two organisms coming into a relationship where they where they strike a deal. They they broker a bargain in which everyone wins and everyone progresses. Right? And you might think one of these words is nicer than the other, but these are all just truths. They're all just truths, right? Mutualism is not comfortable, right? Parasitism is comfortable and peaceful, right? And none of them are inherently wrong. That's the uncomfortable truth. That's what Jimmy had a hard time getting his head around. I said, is it wrong when a, when a predator kills its prey in nature? No, not necessarily. I said, no, it's just about, it's about balance, right? You know, the, the, the rational anarchist does doesn't doesn't predict an anarchistic society in their own lifetime. All they do is they try to provide balance in a world that is fully statist, fully parasitic. They try to find the mutualistic space. And if they can't do that, maybe it's war. And I don't mean that literally. I mean it, you know, in terms of these philosophies. Right? War, peace, and progress. If anything, war and peace are the easy options, and progress is the difficult one it's the challenge you know mutualism takes a higher level of evolution to achieve cooperation in nature like i said it's not as rare as you think but it's so amazing to observe it once you know it's there once you see the common benefit it's so beautiful when you understand that the tree and the fucking mushrooms help each other, right? 
couldn't live without each other, in fact. You know, would there be a flower without the bee? Would there be a bee without the flower? I mean, I'm not trying to be all fucking hippy-dippy here, y'all, but mutualism is what we should strive for, but we should always know that parasitism and predation are facts of life. We cannot rid ourselves of our own parasites at least not all at once. You know, we should try. And our predators, you know, there's only one thing, well, there's only two things you can do when a predator comes. Three things. Three things. You can run, you can hide, or you can fight. And I can't tell you which is right. But I'll say I just want I want to acknowledge that progress is uncomfortable, that peace is often at a cost to liberty. You know, what we think is justifiable might not be. I'd rather live free or die than be safe. Right? All right. I think I've made my point. I feel good. I feel good. I feel like I'm back. It's been hard, y'all. It's been hard. I've been very... Busy-minded, not not easily focused. But I I think in in a way we we went through a little war, and now it's kind of the peacetime, and I am looking towards progress. Okay. And I'm talking just in terms of like the COVID regime and all this shit. I know it's not over. You know, maybe we're just smack dab in the middle of the war. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. But it almost feels like the the seas have calmed. We need to move forward. You know, maybe the cycle will start again. But I am, I am so ready to cooperate. You know, if anybody gets in my way, I might be willing to fight. And I suppose for the time being, I'll, I'll remain peaceful. But you know, none of these metaphors or connections or correlations or any of this bullshit should be taken as truth. Think for your fucking self. You know... But I love that you're listening, and I hope you continue to. So until the next one, this has been Mike the Polymath. If you would like to donate 
to the Easy Peasy Podcast. Please go to easypeasygardens.com slash donate. Thanks for listening.